Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. My name is Deanna Laufer, along with my co-host Sam Stern. You'll hear our voice each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CXCast. This is Sam Stern, your co-host, joined, as always, by my co-host, Diana Laufer. Hi, everyone. And in our intro, we always say we're going to interview a CX analyst about their research or cover a CX topic in the news. If you're regular listeners, you know we've always done the former. I don't think we've ever really done the latter. No, I don't think so, Sam. Today, we break our streak because we want to talk about the TSA security impending fiasco. It's uh, starting to build, I guess, Diana. would that be fair to say? I would say so based on my personal experience <laughs> flying out of yeah. O'Hare two weeks ago where the security line was 60 minutes and I've been reading, you know, everyone thinks with the summer travel buildup, it's going to get even worse. So Right. To set the context here, the TSA has been warning travelers to get to airports earlier and earlier before their scheduled flights because the lines at security are going to get longer and longer during the busy summer travel season. And not only are they asking travelers to come early, they are blaming the travelers for the slow lines. Right. (laughs) Travelers are apparently so incompetent, and to be fair, some of them are. Correct. That they're the reason for the slow lines, because once they get to the front, they're not ready with their liquids or the ID or taking off their jacket or something like that. Right. And so um, they are making the cardinal sin of customer experience, I think, which is to blame your customer for your poorly designed, conceived, staffed customer experience. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I think even if customers aren't prepared, that just goes to show that their, you know, warnings or their suggestions over and over, please have your ID ready, please have your ID (laughs) ready. Maybe it's not working. Maybe people have heard it so many times that it's like banner blindness. It's just yeah. they're, they're hearing it consciously, but they're just not processing it. So we've got a design problem. We've got a customer communications problem. Um, I would argue, although we don't want to get into you know the overarching <laughs> relevance of uh, airport security, I think we have just an in- intent problem with what the experience of security is supposed to be, right, that we're trying to make people jump through all these hoops um, when it's far from obvious that any of those are necessary, especially when you have a line next to all these normal security lines called TSA PreCheck, where people go through without taking off their shoes, without taking out their, off their belt, without taking their laptop out of their bag, without taking their toiletries out of their bag. And all they've gone through is slightly more <laughs> screening, pre-screening than all the other travelers. And I, I don't see how that's really relevant that suddenly... I showed up for a five-minute interview at an airport, and I am so clearly safe than um, my own parents who are going through the security line next to me. Yeah, I don't know about you, Sam, but my pre-check interview, they asked me exactly one question, um, and I don't think it was relevant to security at all. Nope. They asked me for a form of ID that was not on their website that I should have brought, and I didn't have it. And I said, no. I said, is that going to be a problem? And she said, no. And she signed my documents and we were off on our way. And now I'm a TSA PreCheck member, which is great for me. You are a TSA PreCheck member. It's great for you. But the vast majority of the traveling public is still not members of this program. 
Yeah, and the problem is, even though we get through security lines faster, there are implications for um, us down the line. Um, you know, I was just saying two weeks ago for mm-hmm. this flight out of O'Hare on United, there was one line open in the United Terminal. As most people know, it's a big hub for United. There's <laughs> thousands of travelers. There were so many people on my flight stuck in the security line that we were delayed for 30 minutes to let them get on the plane, this last flight out of Chicago to Boston. Right. Um, so yeah, great that I didn't have to spend a lot of time in, in the pre-check line, but I still got home late. So Right. And it's a reasonable thing for the airline to hold the plane mm-hmm. because all of it, you know, a lot of its customers are not going to get on it, especially when it's the last flight out of a city to another city. Um, and yet now, um, even if you have the more convenient security clearance, mm-hmm. you're being delayed yeah. because of this problem. So in other words, even having TSA pre-check does not um, keep you, um, it does not make you immune to the problems we're seeing with security. Yeah. And, you know, people rag on the airline experience all the time. Mm -hmm. And I I feel a little bit bad for airlines because they're managing such a sort of tightly run system where um, they have to get planes, you know, on the ground and then back in the air and any any sort of weather blip and sort of throws everything into chaos. And, And so a lot of times they're doing the best they can. But I think that, um, even if they don't know, people are going to blame them for for lines, even if it's not their fault, even if it's TSA's fault, because it's part of their customer experience ecosystem. Right. It's something that they have to manage. And so um, I think, you know, there's there's not going to be a solution in, until some of these airlines and the airports band together and say, this isn't going to work for us. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of... Um intermittent or sort of, you know, small bore solutions, right? I think there was an article recently that American Airlines was contributing employees at some of its hubs to help with security. Um, The Port Authority of New York and New Jersey um, is, you know, um, making sort of noises about taking over security from the TSA. Now, I grew up in New Jersey, so to think that the Port Authority could do a better job <laughs> of managing something than another government organization does not pass the, uh, the, the laugh test, but it's at least something they can do. And I think a lot of the uh, actors involved in this, what I'm seeing is TSA is actually sort of throwing up their hands in, in a way because they're saying, we're understaffed, our budgets have been cut, this is a symptom of that, and hoping that uh, usually business travelers are a um, well-served constituency in the political matters. And Mm -hmm. so if they raise a stink, then TSA probably will magically get its funding back. All the other actors seem to be trying to make it look like they're trying to do something more than actually trying to solve this problem at a root cause level. And I think that's what I find so frustrating when I, you know, you meant we, we talked about how it's not entirely unfair to blame travelers for being unprepared when they get up to the front of the security line. What I would argue, though, is that when I'm in the normal line, even when I'm in the pre-check line, I do notice you have like 12 seconds, very little space Mm -hmm. in terms of how the the security area is designed to take all your stuff out and actually put it on the final sort of conveyor belt, right? Right. So it's not as if I can get all my toiletries and laptop and shoes off, you know, 10 people before I'm going to go through security. I would be you know, holding it precariously, trying to juggle all of that and shuffling along in my socks for too far because they haven't made enough of an approach area, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 it, and Which makes sense. Most of the airports, most of the terminals were built in the pre-9-11 age. 
So they're just not built for this new um, security reality. And yet now it's been 15 <laughs> years since 9-11 and we still haven't uh, in many, many airports done a good job of redesigning security to reflect mm -hmm. what people have to do to get through uh, security. Yeah, I was talking to um, to a, a company the other day and they kind of referred to this design problem as the happy path and the unhappy path. Mm -hmm. It seems like the these security lines were designed for the happy path. Right. Everything goes right. There's five people in line. You get up to the conveyor belt. You put your stuff in. No one's rushing you behind you. That's not the right. reality. That has never, ever been the reality <laughs> unless you're flying maybe at like 9.30 p.m. and you're the last person through right. the security line. There's always people with kids. Yeah. There's always people who are flustered. There's always people who haven't flown before and don't know the rules. There's always um, someone likely to be more elderly who has a, you know, metal hip somewhere in their body, right? Or, you know, some right. metal in them that, that requires special screening. Yeah, there's women wearing knee-high boots that take a little bit of time right. to get off. Right. And maybe, you know, it would be nice to sit down somewhere to get them off. <laughs> so, yeah, so these lines aren't designed for the unhappy path or the contingency yes. of things that can go wrong. And I think that if moving forward there is some thought into redesigning what a good security experience would look like, it needs to be based on what does security actually look like and what are all of the, you know, what are all of the likely problems? Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of problems. Okay. So our advice to the TSA, and we're not advising increased budgets, you know, hire thousands of staff way outside of our scope here. Yes. What we are saying is map some of the paths through, mm -hmm. assuming the unhappy path as you just laid it out, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the other thing I like um, that I've been seeing recently is visibility into what security lines are going to look like. And so some airports will have an app now mm. where um, through crowdsource information, there's an approximate wait time for security. Yep. And so people can base when they leave for the airport um, on the security line at that time. Um, and so even providing more visibility into information to help people make smart decisions will help um, alleviate some of this problem, again, without more budgets or without more people. PSAs about the TSA. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, no, I think that's good. And I think, you know, this is one of the things we would stress, right? Be be really clear and set expectations. Uh, customers, uh, passengers in this case, um, feel much better if they know what to expect, even if what to expect is a bad experience. Yeah. If I'm preparing for a 75-minute wait in line, it's a different experience, even though still an unpleasant one, if I'm preparing for that 75-minute wait in line with plenty of buffer time to make my <laughs> flight on the other end, right? That's very different. Yeah. And instead of playing the blame game where we point the finger at passengers or TSA or at airlines or at airports, maybe everyone takes responsibility that they're all part of the problem, they're all part of the solution, and, and let's think about what each of those parties can do to make it a more pleasant experience for yeah. everybody. Yeah, that's a, great, that's a great point. There's a lot of, I mean, that's sort of a do unto others thing anyway, but there's a lot of academic research I've been delving into recently where it just talks about when you take responsibility for at least even some part of the blame or the, the problem that's mm -hmm. occurred, it really in other people frees them up to feel like they can take responsibility and take ownership without being completely scapegoated for what has gone wrong. Yeah. All right. So I think we've got a three-part solution here for the TSA to at least alleviate some of this pain. One, map some of the unhappy paths through security to understand what it's like for someone who is going to have a challenge and, frankly, is some of the source of the bottleneck, right? So it mm -hmm. would, would help smooth some of that out. Two, share as much information as you can about likely wait times, likely wait procedures, which do seem to change 
uh, from time to time and airport to airport so people know what to expect. And three, don't play the blame game, right? We're all in this together. This is a problem of more people flying because it's a good economy, because it's a summer travel season. That's great. It's a problem of old airports that were designed pre-9-11. It's a problem of TSA being understaffed. Everyone has issues, excuses, but the reality is people are missing flights and are being inconvenienced and going through a bad experience. We just want to figure out how to make that better, not figure out who's at fault. Yeah, I think that's a good summary. And uh, TSA, if you want more advice, <laughs> please feel free to email Sam yep. and Deanna. Yep. <laughs> you can find our email addresses or go to Forrester.com to read more research on how to design better customer experiences. Thank you, listeners. We'd love any feedback you have about our first uh, sort of customer experience in the news episode. Yeah. And if you have news topics you would like us to discuss, please feel free to suggest them as well. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CXCast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in this episode in the podcast show notes. For questions or suggestions, please contact me at d-l-a-u-f-e-r at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality. Music